Like the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. And that's what happened to this episode. We had recorded an election update show with returning guest Professor Edward Foley from the Ohio State University Moritz College of Law. And then shortly after, there were a lot of developments. What are these developments? Well, the major news networks declared that former VP Joe Biden is the projected winner of the 2020 presidential election cycle. But then, shortly after that, former VP Biden claimed the victory in an address over the weekend, which was responded to by President Trump's campaign. They said, not so fast. We're filing lawsuits. There are allegations of voter fraud, violations of election law, and miscounting in the voter system. So where are we as of this update? Well, legally speaking, neither presidential candidate can claim that they're going to be the president for the next term. The election is very close and the votes are still being counted. There are legal challenges that will need to be addressed before the states can certify their election results and then cast those corresponding votes within the electoral college system. What does all of this mean? Will there be a challenge that goes before the Supreme Court that will possibly reverse these projected results? We don't know. No doubt today, the day that this episode publishes, there will be a big, big news day. So barring a concession from President Trump, it is possible that we won't know who the president will be until mid-December. Just a couple of notes about this episode. Since it recorded, the ballot counts have changed a little bit, but the final decisions have not been made. And even though we didn't know it at the time, it does appear possible that there will be a lawsuit filed in Arizona related to mishandled ballots. In addition, and over the weekend, it was reported that vote counting software from a company called Dominion Voting Systems experienced glitches in both Michigan and Georgia, which have reportedly caused problems in the vote counting process. In Michigan, it's been reported that the glitch switched several thousand votes in one county from President Trump to former VP Joe Biden. In Georgia, it's reported that software glitches were crashing the count machines during the counting process. And lastly, it's reported that the same software is being used in 28 states. So it looks like there's going to be a lot of questions that will need to be answered in the days to come. Other than those updates, this episode should provide a good roadmap for upcoming legal challenges in the 2020 presidential election cycle. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, listeners. I hope you're having a good day out there. If you're like me, you've been watching this election in a state of absolute bewilderment. So much going on, so much to discuss, but that's okay. We have Professor Foley from the Ohio State University, Moritz College of Law. He was brave enough to come back once again. Hi, Professor. How are you doing? I'm good. Good to be with you. Good to be back. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I know you got a busy day, so I really appreciate you coming back on. So it's been just a tremendously crazy election cycle. I mean, the swings between the mail-in ballots and in-person ballots, just incredible just to see the distinctly different voting behaviors of people in different sides of the uh, partisan aisle. Uh, The polls were way off. I mean, way, way off. Uh, There's been some voting regulations introduced late in the cycle. Lawsuits have been filed. And we are definitely in recount territory. So, Professor, before we get into our questions, and I know we don't have a lot of time, I just want to go quickly through those states, and I'll probably ask some follow-ups. You just kind of give us the bullet points as to what's going on. So, Arizona, what's going on? Well, Arizona, yeah, it's it's uh, which way we'll end up. Um, you know, I haven't seen a specific lawsuit that could make the difference there. I, you know, a lot of uh, protests and commotion around the voting process. But uh, if you've seen a lawsuit, uh, let me know. Otherwise, I, I think it's just a matter of finishing the counting of the, va- the ballots. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing, too. There was some marker issue. Now, what was that? Now, they, it seemed like they put that out. But what was going on with those magic markers? 
Yeah, in any election like this, there are going to be things kind of popping up here and there. I think ultimately nothing mattered about about that, and that kind of fell by the wayside. I think people were worried the ballots weren't going to be counted. I think they are going to be counted. So I think that's a non-issue at this point. All right, Georgia. So this is one of the states that uh, President Trump filed a suit to stop ballot counting. So what's going on there? Well, Georgia looks like that's going to a recount. That's an ordinary you know, procedure. It'll be an administrative procedure. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong or any problems. It just means that the race is particularly close. And so, you know, that takes time. I mean, again, I think everybody wants finality uh, and to know the winner. But when you're in recount territory, you've obviously got to wait for recounts to be completed. Yeah. So as I understand it, too, there's uh, there's still counting. Uh, I guess there's about uh, eight, eighty nine hundred military votes coming in. Of course, those typically tend to go towards the Republican voting side of the aisle. And then there's about four thousand uncounted ones kind of spread scattered around the state coming in. So still very tight. But uh, one thing I did and obviously this is coming from President Trump's campaign. There was some allegations of a couple of big ballot drops coming in where, statistically speaking, the results would have been impossible. Not one President Trump vote in a couple of loads of documents, 7,500,000. Have you heard anything in there or is that just coming from the Trump administration? Yeah, well, we every time you see a, a recount like this, you'll see allegations and questions about anomalies. That That's not unusual at all. Um, and that's why you have recounts. That's why you have what is sometimes just called the canvassing of the returns, because you can't take ele- election night tallies are never final. They're just preliminary. And when the network's do their projections, whether it's AP and Fox on one side or CNN and NBC on the other, they're just projecting what we think the answer is going to be. And and in most races, that's relatively easy to do. But the narrower the margin, the more you've just got to get it absolutely right. And so you investigate anomalies. You look and say, well, what's really going on here? Usually things get cleared up. You know, occasionally you have to adjust vote tallies because of some clerical errors that local officials make innocently. We're just going to have to go through that process and make sure we get an accurate result. That's the goal here from an election process perspective. All right. So I'm going to to start with Nevada first because Pennsylvania is kind of a hairy issue right now. So (laughs) let's start with Nevada. So as I understand it, there's a suit soon to be filed. That's what I'm hearing about 3,062 instances of maybe people voting outside the state. What have you heard about that? Yeah, no, I've heard the same thing. So we haven't seen the actual complaint yet, I don't believe. You know, one point is even assuming that there are about 3,000 ballots that are improper, as the margin of uh, between the two candidates stands now, as I understand it, is above 11,000 votes. So even if that's a problem, which I'm not saying it is, it's not enough to overturn the margin between the candidates as it stands. But again, they're not finished counting votes, as I, I don't believe in, in Nevada. So, you know, that margin would change. If if the margin between the two candidates gets below the margin of the alleged problem, then you have to take another look at it. Even if there are 3,000 bad ballots, if you will, they aren't necessarily all cast for the same candidate, right? It, right. If, if it's right? If it's a 50-50 split, it's a wash. If it's a 60-40 split, you know, one side would net a certain amount there. You have to really pay attention to the numbers. But the last point on this is, you know, we don't really know if there is any wrongful conduct. I've, you know, since we don't have a complaint yet, we also don't have a response. So right now we have an allegation of a problem that is not yet of sufficient magnitude to change the outcome. All right, I'm going to chip away at Wisconsin, then we'll have a little more time for Pennsylvania. So Wisconsin, as I understand, the Trump administration has already requested a recount. So what's going on there? 
same same thing maybe a little bit like Georgia, right? In other words, um, no claim of impropriety that I've seen, but because it's within the margin where a recount is possible, the Trump campaign says they want to do a recount. Um, I think the last I saw, the margin there was about 20,000 votes. Very hard to change an outcome when it's 20,000 votes apart. Recounts can sometimes flip the result if it's 100 or 200 votes, but usually over a 1,000 vote margin, very hard for a recount to achieve a different result. All right. So on to the uh, main show here. So Pennsylvania. Now, this one, I think, uh, so what I've been hearing and reading, this is an Article 2, Section 1 issue of the Constitution. And so let me just paint it for you real quick, uh, Professor, paint it out for the audience. So Pennsylvania Supreme Court uh, heard a couple of uh, disputes about extending certain deadlines related to the voting process. And so I'll need your help with those, Professor. But basically, I think this got in front of the Supreme Court. They have not agreed to pick it up yet. But as this issue gains steam, it's possible possible that that will get into the court. So what's going on there? What what uh, what type of deadlines were we talking about? Yeah, so um, the state law had a deadline that absentee ballots have to be back at the local boards of elections by election day itself. The state Supreme Court relaxed that deadline and gave voters an extra three days to get their ballots back because of the pandemic and because of issues with the Postal Service. The state court used the state constitution as the basis for that three-day extension. The federal issue in front of the U.S. Supreme Court is that's basically not allowed because the U.S. Constitution gives the state legislature the authority to set the rules. And the legislature said the deadline was election day. So that's a legal theory that comes in part from Justice Chief Justice Rehnquist's concurrence back in Bush versus Gore. It is quite possible that the majority of the current court will embrace the legal theory. But the key point here is it doesn't necessarily follow that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to invalidate votes, even if it buys the basic argument. Why? Because the voters acted innocently, right? They, when they cast their ballots, they were living in a world where the Pennsylvania Supreme Court's rules prevailed, right or wrong. And that was not stayed by the U.S. Supreme Court before Election Day. So you can imagine that some justices saying, yeah, there's a legal theory here, but we're not going to punish the voters when the voters didn't do anything wrong. And that could be really pivotal because, as I understand, those are the mail-in ballots. And those typically, at least in this election cycle, have been favoring uh, Joe Biden by quite, quite a margin there. So that could, be, that could be the game changer right there. So, well, I know we just have a little bit of time left. So I want to round this out, Professor. What do you think the next steps are for these lawsuits? And so, you know, you got to settle things out in Nevada. You got to settle things out in Pennsylvania, Georgia. Do you do that before the recounts? If there's going to be a recount, what, what are the next logical steps of those suits? Yeah, I think keep eyes on Nevada and Pennsylvania before anything, because that's where the claims of alleged problems are. You know, the recounts are just ordinary procedures. They'll take their time. So far, no problems have surfaced. But there are these allegations in Nevada and this issue in Pennsylvania. So that's where I would focus on. Not clear that it's going to change the outcome, but that's where, you know, if something happens, I think it would happen there. Now, as I understand, these uh, these recounts could take a little while. So I, I heard uh, when they were announced, uh, I think it was the uh, Secretary of State for Georgia announced they were going to be doing a recount. It may not be till the end of November that we get some of these results back. So we'll be hanging, we'll be hanging in limbo uh, for there. So what is the ultimate deadline for that? Is it mid-December? We have to have a certified election from each of the states? Yes. The Electoral College meets on Monday, December 14, and the states need to wrap up everything by then. So, you know, the recounts you know, can take that long. Most states should really try to finish by December 8. That's 
the so-called safe harbor deadline that Congress has said that if states can do it by then, Congress promises not to second guess the state's decision. So that's advantageous. But the real deadline is Monday, December 14. All right, last question for you. This is the surprise question. So, you know, Florida seemed to learn its lesson in uh, 2000. So, I mean, honestly, relatively speaking, it seems like they got through an enormous amount of ballot counting pretty quickly. And they were able to, I'm sure, gratefully uh, recede from the uh, news cycle. (laughs) So uh, going forward, what do you think the chances are that there'll be some pretty big bipartisan efforts to clean up the voting process? It seems like obviously this was a bit of an anomaly with all these mail-in ballots, but it doesn't seem to have gone super smooth everywhere. So maybe there's some rethinking in design. What do you think? Sure. No, I think, you know, next year there should be a bipartisan effort to look at our system, improve it. You know, there are definitely reforms to be had. We got to get through this election first, but I, I agree. Let's take another look at things next year. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Professor Foley. Really appreciate having you on. Thanks again for having me. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us in your favorite podcasting app. Also, we'll cite our sources for the episode on our website, legaltalknetwork.com. And some quick thank yous. First to our producer, Molly McDonough, and second to our LTN production team. They always do such a great job. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Cluddy. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) 